0: The truth is that we don't marry ourselves. In fact, from the very beginning of our relationship, we're two very unique individuals. We marry someone who is wildly and weirdly different from ourselves, (laughs) a person who brings unique, almost a cultural experience to the equation, and as marriage researcher John Gottman would say, every relationship is a cross-cultural experience. So we're always going to be different. Did you know the average couple waits six years to get help in their marriage?
1: Yeah, that's six years of pain hurting frustration.
0: Hi there, I'm Charlotte Snow. And I'm Robert Snow. And welcome to Master Your Marriage,
1: where we believe that having an amazing marriage should never feel like hard work and shouldn't be a guessing game.
0: This is the show for married couples who want to discover a scientifically proven approach to building a masterful marriage and have fun while doing it.
1: So if that's you, you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Welcome to today's episode. We're excited about this episode because it's something that's improved every single aspect of our relationship. It has made us better friends and better lovers. It has created more unity, more purpose, and more happiness. Mm -hmm.
0: It's something we have really taken up a notch in our own personal relationship over the last five or six years. And it's paid massive dividends for us. It's brought us even closer together than we thought possible. It's one of our most frequently asked questions from our followers, and we're asked pretty regularly to teach workshops just on this topic alone.
1: Well, what is this topic? Well, the topic is rituals, and rituals are kind of like traditions, but much more purposeful and meaningful.
0: So now, why are we talking about this today? Well... I've noticed an increasing number of divorce announcements on social media. I can't even, I don't even know what to say. (laughs) And they usually include something like, this is actually wonderful news, followed by my partner will forever hold a place in my heart. And then it usually concludes with something like, we've just both grown into different people and we're no longer aligned in our vision. We may have grown apart, but we're going to stay best friends, and we're both looking forward to the future.
1: I do want to acknowledge that there are times when divorce is probably warranted, but that's not what we're talking about here today.
0: No. But when it comes to these situations, I ask you, is growing apart inevitable? No. Is it something that's just left to chance? It can be. Or is it something that can be prevented?
1: Absolutely.
0: Cool. No, as two people who got married very young and essentially grew up together we really do know the answer to this
1: so there were times i know it's hard to imagine that Charles and i were not on the same page mm-hmm. and i'll tell this one story i like to call it the pilot story so i had some friends both of them owned planes both of them took me flying and of course what did i want to do i wanted to live out my boyhood dream of getting my pilot's license so I brought it up to Charlotte one day after I'd already been taking some of the coursework. And I said, hey, I want to, you know, I thought it's important. I should tell you that I'm going to be up on an airplane and flying. And you said.
0: I think the words were hell no.
1: Yes, I think it's exactly what you said. And I was taken aback. I was like, I don't understand why you'd want to, you know, crush my little boyhood heart dream (laughs) like that.
0: Well, I think the truth was I was being really selfish. I think the truth of the matter was I didn't, even though he'd earned it and he had earned the resources, the time, the money to be able to do it, I didn't want to waste the resources that I wanted to use in other places for him to get his pilot's license. And, I mean, there was a little bit of fear that was there probably as well, but mostly I was just selfish. And so I flat out said no. And then you.
1: What did I do? Oh. I I just started taking more lessons.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so this wasn't probably the best time in our relationship.
1: No, and and so I ac- actually ended up getting my pilot's license. She had agreed to it. Um so I eventually didn't ju- Yeah, eventually. Um but I was quite literally flying in an opposite direction from Sharla. And this is why I get concerned when we see our married friends and I hear them talking about this boys trip or constantly going on boys trips or or independent vacations to find themselves or something and and it it frightens me because they're leaving their togetherness in their relationship to start to become more apart and and live apart and and i tell you i would rather i I wouldn't rather go anywhere than with charla i want to be with her every chance i get every vacation i want to get i want to do something with her and i want to be with her and and that is built that that foundation with us has been built through these wonderful little things called rituals.
0: Yeah. So how did we get to that point where we were flying in literally opposite directions? And did this happen by chance? I'll go back to that question. Or was it a series of choices that led us there? And uh, and, and I actually kind of want to challenge the underlying assumption that is hidden here. When couples say, we've just grown into different people, in air quotes, I would challenge that you've always been different people. And this premise assumes that being different is somehow a problem. It presupposes that couples need to be the same in order for their relationship to work. And this is just not true. The truth is that we don't marry ourselves. In fact, from the very beginning of our relationship, we're two very unique Individuals. We marry someone who's wildly and weirdly different from ourselves, <laughs> a person who brings unique, almost co- a cultural experience to the equation. And as marriage researcher John Gottman would say, every relationship is a cross cultural experience. So we're always going to be different.
1: In fact, there's likely an evolutionary purpose for this. And I love this because I get to talk the science thing. Um, but a Swiss biological researcher, his name is Klaus Wiedekin. In 1998, he presented a paper in London. And it's sort, of, it sort of got some traction recently, but um, it's really called the, the, the Sweaty T-shirt Study. Mm-hmm. And they took, they took guys and, and had them wear their shirts. And they didn't wear it to the gym, but they were, were you know, at least had a little bit of their odor. Um, and then they presented these different shirts to different women in their study group and said, which scent sort of attracts you the most? Yeah. And you would think that, you know, that that they would be attracted to the one that they thought that they would be attracted to at least, you know, like, oh, well, this smells like he's six foot four and he's a football player. And instead he wasn't um, actually in the study. But what they found was genetically, very specifically genetically, that the women in this study were attracted to almost their genetic opposite when it came to a lot of the immunity markers one called the M- MHC gene which which governs immunity so it, evolutionarily we may actually be attracted to somebody who's completely different from us genetically who possesses some strengths genetically that we don't and that's just one study on that
0: so could it be that attraction is in part more about our differences rather than our similarities absolutely about our differences yeah so Again, being different isn't a problem. The problem is when we view it as a problem and then try to force our spouse to be just like us. That's the problem. So now maybe the better question that we should be asking is, how do we create a purposeful, meaningful, shared life while still appreciating and respecting our differences? Well, I'm so glad you asked. One way is through something we call connection rituals.
1: So connection rituals are actually the basis for our eighth pillar in our teamwork coaching model. And there's a number of different ways that we can help couples to work on this and achieve this.
0: Yes. So rituals are like traditions, but they're better. So why do we call them rituals and not traditions? Well, we use the word ritual intentionally because to us it signifies something that's sacred. It's something we protect. It's something that's highly important to us. We also prefer the word ritual because it's something that represents um, something that we've intentionally created together rather than a tradition which was just passed or handed down to us. And probably our favorite of all of our personal rituals that we have, and we have a number of these, is an annual getaway that we have done every year for the last five or six years or so And this is something that is incredibly meaningful to us. And we want to tell you about it because it's something you guys might want to try.
1: Well, I think you absolutely should try this. So let me set the stage. Probably six, maybe seven years ago, um, in January, it's also our anniversary. And so we would take these anniversary trips and, and they were great. I mean, who doesn't like an anniversary trip? I mean, there's never enough time to swim naked. But eventually we started having these conversations and and maybe we started you know we'd bring our calendars with us the next year and just start to do a little planning and eventually probably like 5 years ago we really became intentional about this whole situation so we would schedule romance we would schedule dinner we would schedule planning we would schedule this thing we call values alignment um and then we'd schedule more romance and more naked swimming and so we made sure that there was a lot of fun a lot of connection, and a lot of opportunity to talk about the things that have changed. Here's an interesting fact. Did you know that your values can change from year to year? And this is what we do. We reassess our values, and the term is what's important to you in the context of your marriage. right? And we use that often. And then what's important to you in the context of work. And so we'll, we'll address each of these value sets, And we'll have conversations with them and then make sure that we're aligned, that Charlotte and I are on the same page.
0: And then we turn those values into action plan. So we take those values and we're like, okay, how are we going to fulfill this and support one another's values? Not like the pilot story, but actually where we support even when our goals are maybe slightly different. We still support one another in those things. We get really clear about our goals, our dreams, our vision. It's really just a big visioning of the upcoming year and a celebration of all the things we did in the previous year.
1: So the interesting thing is, is, is since we started doing that, I don't think that there's been a time where we've mm-hmm. flown in separate directions because no. we've always just been pulling together in the right direction. And that. so when we call this a ritual, it's super important for us. I won't let anything get scheduled uh, on that weekend. I won't even let it get pushed. I schedule it. Um, and,
0: and he's really good about, about making sure it happens because almost every year without fail, about a week before I start getting a little bit anxious about it because I'm thinking of all of the to-do lists, right? All the mom things. I'm thinking about the carpool I have to arrange. I'm thinking about you know, the who's gonna watch our son overnight. I'm thinking about you know, all of those things. And Robert is just so good about making all the plans and making sure everything gets taken care of so that those excuses don't get in the way of our commitment to ourselves to make this happen.
1: So rituals,
0: let's break them down. Let's break this down and let's look at what are rituals really, because it, not all rituals are these big, grand gestures like this.
1: Rituals are like traditions, only much, much better,
0: much better. Connection rituals are simple practices that create purpose and meaning in your relationship, which means they need to be purposeful and they need to be meaningful to you. Rituals are also habits, which means these are practices that we do regularly and consistently.
1: In Atomic Habits, author James Clear explains that habits are crucial to success in all areas of their life. Success is the product of daily habits. And this this goes for habits in our relationships as well.
0: Yes. So in this book, he shares a metaphor of a stonecutter. And he says, when nothing seems to help, I go and look at a stonecutter hammering away at his rock, perhaps a hundred times or more, without as much as a crack even showing in it. Yet at the hundred and first blow, it will split in two. And I know it was not that last blow that did it, but all that had gone before. So similarly, in our relationships, we have to put in the effort consistently over time In order to reap those magnificent rewards that are possible for any relationship. So research has shown that connection rituals can help couples to stay engaged with each other, increase feelings of love and satisfaction in their relationship.
1: So let's look at a few examples of rituals. You probably go on to grab a note paper and take down some notes here.
0: Yes, definitely. So the first thought is, how do you want to leave each other in the morning when you leave for work? How will you say goodbye before leaving for work each day? Don't let your partner walk out the door without finding some things out about their day ahead. Maybe you have a ritual of showering together. That's my favorite. And, and talking about the day while you're in the shower. Maybe you create a ritual of a long hug before you walk out the door.
1: Maybe it's when you're returning home, there's an affectionate way that you can greet one another. Perhaps a long six or seven second kiss. Or maybe you just sweep the hair off the back of her neck and hold her from behind.
0: That's my favorite. <laughs> what about mealtimes? Uh, how do you want to do your me- mealtimes? How do you, are you going to commit to making mealtimes somehow more sacred, more meaningful? Do you maybe sit at a table rather than the couch? Do you turn off your devices and really talk Do you share a fence about your day and how your day went? Do you spend time relieving one another's stresses from the day?
1: How about at bedtime? How can you make each night more meaningful? Is it a bath together? Is it turning off the TV and showing more affection? Is it praying together? Is it cuddling? We would suggest that you never go to bed without a long kiss.
0: Mm -hmm. And what about date nights or these getaways like we just described? What do you want those to look like? We would suggest having a weekly date night and at least three weekend getaways per year. And these don't have to be extravagant. They don't have to be expensive. They can be really easy. We love weekend camp camping trips or um, somewhere where it doesn't cost us anything. We can take our trailer, we can take a tent, and we could just go out exploring and adventuring together and seeing new things. So that for sure is one of those items that makes it onto our annual calendar first. So the possibilities are endless. These are just a few ideas to help you get the wheels spinning as you become the designer of your own rituals.
1: Three tips we think are important for you to know as you design and implement your own rituals. One, start by discussing the types of rituals that you both find meaningful and enjoyable, and they need to matter to each of you.
0: Yes, The next step is to just be intentional with them. Set aside specific days or times when you plan on doing these activities together and create reminders or calendar items on your phone. Because no matter what ritual you choose, the most important thing is that you're just consistent with them. This is going to make sure that your rituals become an integral part of who you are and part of your relationship.
1: I think it's wise to start small just to make sure that you stay consistent. Jordan Peterson, and I'll paraphrase, says it's not in the grand gestures. It's in the small things that you do. It's the work that you do over the dinner and breakfast table. These are the small moments that make the difference.
0: Yes. And lastly, if you do need help, you could also work with a relationship coach like us to help you design very personalized rituals that are aligned with your core values, because then it's really meaningful to you. And this is something that we specifically do with our members and with our coaching clients. So are you ready to add rituals to your relationship? I am. Which one are you going to add first? Come over to join us on social media this week as we talk more about rituals and share with us what you are creating. You can find us over at the handle Master Your Marriage. That's on Facebook, that's on TikTok, and that's also on Instagram. We can't wait to hear your stories and to hear about your rituals. We'll leave you with just one final thought today.
1: Be the designer of your relationship rather than an accidental participant. As you do, you'll discover a deeper, more meaningful connection.
0: Until next time.
1: Thank you for listening to Master Your Marriage. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover, then we want to hear from you. Just go to MasterYourMarriagePodcast.com and send us your question.
0: Oh, and while you're there, you can also check out our retreats and events and even apply for coaching.
1: And make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you get advanced notice of when the next episode drops, plus show notes and many extras. Thanks again for tuning in.